Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today are my two award-nominated co-hosts, Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. You want to try that again, Dan? I don't know if that was good enough. <laughs> Ladies. Oh yeah, that was good. That was good. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, a couple quick announcements. If you haven't heard, we are over on YouTube Head on over to YouTube.com and look for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. We have some cool segments, including Tiff's Ask an Ep Gamer segment, where she talks about or answers questions about board game clubs and making them. She's got her Board of Education segment, and we have our first episode of our live show. And we might also have some video reviews up there soon, so check those out. Second announcement is that the Golden Geek nominees came in, and we were nominated. We have the best fans in the world. And some very kind people supporting us. So I just wanted to say thank you. And uh, Tiff, you can give your speech now. <laughs> I don't have a speech. Oh, you told me you prepped a long-winded thing. No. no? Oh, okay. If you enjoy the show and you voted for us once, or now you don't have anybody else to vote for because the show you voted for didn't get into the running, uh, head on over to BGG and vote for us for best podcast for, for reals. You know, we appreciate the nom. Uh, it was more than we ever expected. We're happy that there's some people out there who enjoy the show and uh, feel free to vote for us. Did you just say the Did nom? Did you just say the nom? Yeah. <laughs> is that what all the cool kids are saying? Yeah. Isn't that what the cool kids say? I don't think so. Oh my God. Oh my God, Tiff. That- Did you see our nom? <laughs> sorry no i didn't see our nom you guys are mean to me you're ruining the show i'm i'm blinking right now you can't (laughs) see that there's a lot of blinking going on all right well do that i i'm scared to talk anymore because people are gonna make fun of me (laughs) if you want to check out a more sophisticated conversation where i don't make stupid abbreviations head on over to the botch games podcast i did a segment over there with craig and brandon and uh, it was a good time talking about subjectivity and objectivity. If you want to reach out to us or find us on the internet, you can do so by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers on Facebook. You can choose an email at podcastandnonsensicalgamers.com. Head on over to the BGG Guild, number 2077, or go to guild.nonsensicalgamers.com and join the conversation. Or find us on places like Twitter and Instagram. We have an awesome show lined up for episode 40. We're going to do our top of the stack for March. We've got some failed and flipped that happened, including me, who has traded some games for once. And then we are going to check in on our New Year's resolutions and see how we're doing three months in. But before we do any of that, we are going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. And I think I'm going to skip over Tiff because she's been playing more Lords of Waterdeep. I've been playing other stuff too, kind of. You sure about that? Mm. The apps count? Mm, no. Oh, then never mind. How's Board Game Club, Tiff? It's okay. We're like the kids are able to play games over and over again in a way that I am not. So they're still playing Fuse. I did teach a new group love letter today, so that was very exciting. They thought it was boring, so that was no good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it just regular love letter? It was the Kanai Factory edition. Oh, uh, no appreciation. Yeah, I know, right? Well, you I done think Batman. I know, but I, I didn't have Batman there at the time, and they were like, mm. ooh, what's this? And it was in shrink, because it was like a gift. So 
they open it and I taught it and they're just like not good at deduction. So they're like, I'm bored. I'm like, you have to think. And they're like, I don't want to. So that's kind of how that goes at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. They're playing Dig Down Dwarf. And then I had one straggler kid who didn't have a group to play with. So him and I played Patchwork on my phone. How's the app? I like it. Yeah. I love I love patchwork and I think it's a pretty good implementation. Although teaching him how to play the game without the cardboard game was a little tricky, like without him going through the tutorial and me just being like, You're building a quilt and there's time and buttons and you go around this track like trying to explain <laughs> it that way <laughs> was not so easy. Yeah, yeah. But he enjoyed the game, so I well, think he's gonna buy it. Yeah? Yeah. It's a great purchase. Is he gonna purchase the app or the actual game? Probably the app. Oh, okay. But his family does play board games, so maybe the game. I don't know. It's a good one to have. Yeah, I think so. I never bring two-player games to Board Game Club because we never really have a situation where that happens except for today, which was awesome. You had one lonely kid who had to play with Miss Tiff. He wasn't lonely. He was just trying to stay out of this really loud group. Oh, (laughs) I got you. I got you. Um, No, so are you playing lots of Lords of Waterdeep? (laughs) <laughs> is, that's what, is that what's happening? Well, I've got a constant game going on the app. Yeah. Um, and my kids at Board Game Club, we started a game, but we don't usually have enough time when there's a new player involved to finish a game in one session. So we kind of just keep it set up in the back of the orchestra room. And when they come in for orchestra class at the start of class, they take a turn. So nice. we just keep it going until we finish. <laughs> <laughs> Takes forever. <laughs> The but, same game all semester. Yeah, nice. but it's it's okay. All right. Well, I still like it. So, well, uh, let's jump over to Dan. What have you been getting to the table? My turn. Yes. Typically, after I say your name, you join in. Yeah, I was just making sure. You should say it three times next time. Dan, 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 and then do I have to spin around or anything like that, or click, click your heels? heels. Do oh, something. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm clicking. They can't see that though. Okay, I'm here. Um, <laughs> what have you been playing, Dan the Genie? Let's talk about Quebec. Quebec. Something. in That place in Canada. Um, this is a game I got in a trade uh, a couple months back. It was recommended to me as a really smooth Euro experience, which is right up my alley. Uh, the game itself is pretty hideous to look at. I'm not going to lie. It's got a lot of just primary colors splattered all over the board in these little circular tiles. But the the gist of it is kind of an area majority. And then you also have this really neat, what I called like a cascading scoring system at the end of the round. So just to let you know, there's like, there's four ages. You're going to play all four of the ages. And during each age, there is um, a number of buildings that are available to be built. You're trying to build the old city of Quebec. And as you put, so some of these buildings, you are like acting as the architect. And when players add to that building, um, it gives them a power of some sort, a bonus action they can take. But when you add your own building, you don't get it, but you get to advance the building of that building. And when a building is built, the tile, the color of the tile, so there's four different um, 
influences within the city, like religion, something. I can't remember them. It's blue, yellow, red, and purple. <laughs> if you want theme, just go to BGG. Spoken like a true Euro player. Yes. So whatever the color of the building that was just built, all the cubes that were on that building will then be transferred to the matching color space on one of the four corners of the board that corresponds to that building. And then at the end of the round, which is triggered when either all the buildings of that age are built or somebody runs out of um, little influence cubes, you're going to score the various um, spheres of influence. So starting with the cathedral, which is the generic one that's always starting, everyone counts the number of cubes they've put into that area and you're going to score points for that. Now, the really cool thing, and this is why I call it the little cascading scoring system, is because whoever has the most, so let's say I had eight, Matt had six, and Tiff had four. We're all going to get eight, six, and four points, but I'm going to get to take four of my cubes, so my number rounded down because I had the majority in that area, and I get to move it to the next one, so one of the other four. Okay. And then we do the same thing. We count up. Everyone gets a point for every cube they have there. And the person with the most gets to move half of their cubes rounded down to the next one. So this keeps going on until you've hit all four. And that's, that's a scoring round. So it's this really kind of, it took me, it took me a good round or two to kind of figure out how everything worked together. But once I did, man, it was a really cool feeling because it's a, it's a slick game. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I can see why uh, the folks that were recommending it did because it has everything I really like. The the powers that you can take, the give and take between building on your own buildings and helping other people knowing that those cubes get stuck in one of the four influences. And then that cascading scoring was just a really neat mechanic um, that I've never seen before. So yeah, Quebec. This one is one, I think it, I don't know, it flies under the radar because I hadn't really heard of it. And I think it's from 2011. It's put out by Scorpion Mask, so they're a fairly popular French publisher. Um, can't think of another game they've done off the top of my head, but I know they have done a few. And yeah, you can get it now online for like 20, 25 bucks, and I highly recommend it if you're if you're into dry soulless cube pushing. It sounds good, but do you know what I find is really fascinating about this game? Whenever you guys talk about a game, I look it up on BGG and start reading the comments, and the designer rated his game a nine. <laughs> and <laughs> I read it. I, well, it's pretty good. Like, you would give your own game a 10 most of the time just to boost the rating. And he, like, talks about what people f- complain about when they play the game in his analysis of his own game. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. You don't see designers rating their game very, like, you might see them rate their game, but you don't see, like, an extended comment on it. It was pretty long and interesting. Does it have AP? He talked about that in his comment. Um, I I honestly didn't think it was too bad. I guess the first round or two, I think, yeah, because the, the actions stay the same, and then you just flip over the little buildings that surround those actions. So once you got the actions down, you know what they do and how they work. It, it was pretty smooth from there on out. How long did it take? Um, I'd say with rules, maybe an hour and 15. Wow. Yeah. That's not too we, bad at all. It was a three player game. We got, we got moving after, like I said, after that first round or two, it, it went pretty quick. So it was neat. All right. I'm adding it to my want and trade list. Cool. People. People, pay attention. Fifth <laughs> wants this in trade. 
All right, a game that I got to play a couple of times this past weekend uh, was one that was sent to us from Grail Games, and this is the reprint. This is a Knizia game, right, Dan? Yep. Circus Flocati. Am I saying that right? A bizarre sure. game. Uh, push your luck and set collection, but with a flea circus? Half half flea, half human circus? I'm not really sure, sure where it falls. Uh, it's like old-timey human circus pictures or art design, but all of the people's heads are fleas. Tiff, I'm going to give you one moment to Google. Yeah, uh, I'm working on it. Google quickly. This is a super quick filler-style game. And like I said, push your luck. Basically, what happens is 10 different colors in the deck. Cards are numbered 1 to 7. 0 to 7. 0 to 7. You flip out a card, and you either keep that card or you flip again. And you can keep making that choice until you two, uh, two colors that are the same are flipped out. And at that point, you've busted, and your turn ends. If you take a card before that, you add it to your hand, and life goes on. When you get three of the same number, you can put them down in front of you as a set. That scores you 10 points. At the end of the game, which happens when the deck runs out, or when somebody gets one of each color in their hand, then you score uh, points equal to the highest card in each color in your hand. So it's super easy. Um, the theme is bizarre, but I, I like it. I At first, I thought it was kind of gross because there's flea heads on everyone. Uh, but it, it's actually pretty quirky and kind of cool how they did it. And I like the variety within each suit. There's, you know, aerialists and contortionists and magicians. And, you know, it's very cool. Uh, I mean, it has nothing to do with the gameplay. It's a it's a very Knizia abstract kind of thing. You know, paste it on theme, whatever you want to call it. But it's super quirky. Uh, something that you'd probably love, Tiff. And I like game, quirk. Yeah, it's got tons of personality. And... The gameplay was great, you know, it's it's nothing to write home about in terms of innovation, but it's smart and it, meaningful decisions. You got to be careful about when you're flipping cards out. There is a, the possibility of getting screwed over by the deck if you just, Dan had a really rough game yesterday and kept flipping out and busted like four turns in a row. And that's no fun, but the game's quick enough and you still fall, like I think Dan was still, you know, in the running. He was towards the lower end just because he didn't get as many cards, but you know, the, you just shuffle up and play again, you know? We played it a couple times this weekend, and I really liked it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, we'll probably do, like, a filler review to get more detailed thoughts out there, but definitely want to check out. Has this hit the retail market yet, Dan? Yeah, I think it has. Okay. So, definitely want to check out. I'm sure it's cheap. You know, Grail Games, they have a great production value, but they're all, all their small box card games are pretty affordable. So, definitely want to check out. That may be one to just, to just buy, Tiff. <laughs> probably be good for the board game club to be honest i'll check it out it's gross the boys will love it <laughs> well i have a majority of boys so yeah, yeah. i'll look into it so i thought it was pretty cool i dug it that is circus flocati f-l-o-h-c-a-t-i good luck <laughs> anything else you've been playing tiff maybe with adults um, well, I've had walking pneumonia, wow. <laughs> turns out. So I have, I've been lying in bed watching House obsessively, is Solid. what I've been doing. Um, but I'm going to take my time now, instead of talking about games, to ask you if either of you have watched the new Ghostbusters trailer. I have not, though I've heard about it. No. I'm very disappointed. Oh, yeah. come on, guys. 
Yeah, tell me what you're worried about, because I know... It looks zany. Yeah. Real zany. And the original Ghostbusters, not that zany. Yeah, I've heard talk about this has gone further into comedy than, like, sci-fi movie. Because the original one was more, like, quirky sci-fi with some funny parts. This is more just outright comedy. Yeah, and I think I think part of it that like worried me in the first place was that so much of Ghostbusters hinges on Bill Murray's really sarcastic sense of humor. I, I mean, at least that's what I liked most about it. And then I watched the uh, trailer here, and it's just kind of it's really exaggerated. It reminds me of um, Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, it's the Batman and Robin of Ghostbusters movies is what this trailer is telling me. It's like exaggerated in like a comic book version of all the characters instead of the thing. But anyway, we don't have to talk about it because this is a board game podcast, but I was just curious. (laughs) And I don't have any other games to talk about, so give me a break. No, that's cool. Well, because you're such a big Ghostbusters nut. I mean, I am. it kind of makes sense. Do you think that the movie will be better than the board game recently released? I don't know. I haven't played the board game. I'd like to hear from people that have. That would be interesting. I should probably go look and see how that's going. But uh, yeah, I'm still going to go see it. I want to give it a chance, but this trailer is not giving me much hope. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. All right, Dan, bring us back. What else you been playing? Um, so we got to play um, one of the newer Haba family line games. I know a couple episodes ago I raved about Karuba which was the Rudiger Dorn game in that line. And this one is from Kramer and Kiesling. It's called Adventureland. It's the worst title ever made, but (laughs) (laughs) it's got two of the best designers ever made, I guess. Technically, Um, you adventure across the land, so it's very literal. It's very literal. Um, And I guess since it's for families, they, they wanted it to be. I don't know. Maybe not. Although Karuba, I'm not sure any kid could be like, oh, Karuba. I know where that is. Yeah, it's like a nonsense word. Yeah. So um, in this game, it is, like Matt said, it's 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 an adventuring game. It's a light kind of, I don't even know how you describe it. It had a little bit of Euro. It had a little bit of randomness. had a little dice rolling. And it had a little bit of everything, really. But I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, again, the target audience being family gamers. Uh, I thought it really hit the nail on the head. My favorite part of the game was this grid movement system that they've implemented. So as many of you know, if you listen to the podcast, I really like Sansuchi, which was done by Michael Kiesling, who is one half of this design team. And that had players moving, you know, left and right down on a player board. And this one has a a similar kind of feel to it. There's a hundred squares on the board. So the axes go from A through, I believe, K, and then 1 through 10. And what you're going to do is, on your turn, it's very simple. There's two things you do on your turn. You flip two cards to get two new attributes put on the board. There's a stack of 100 cards. Each uh, space on the board is represented once in that deck. And things come out like swords or herbs or little companions that you can pick up or monsters that you can fight um, or gold that you can collect in the river piece of it so what you're going to do is after you've done that on your turn you get two moves you can either move one guy once or one guy twice or two guys once and the way you move is it's restricted to either east or south so you can go as far in any of those two directions as you'd like but 
once you hit the edge of the board, you're done. So it's a really, it's an interesting way to kind of restrict what your little dudes do because in a four player game we play, we each had eight, eight little adventurers. And again, you can move them all the way left, but if you move them too far, or all the way right, sorry, if you move them too far right, anything that comes up in the card deck to to the left of you, you're not going to ever get to pick up with that guy because he can never go back to the west. He can only go east or south. So you really have to kind of time how you're moving your guys across the board in order to pick up the various things because the name of the game is, well, there's three names to the game, <laughs> actually, because there's three different scenarios and each scenario has a different tailored scoring system to it. So you can play one of three different ways, which is really interesting. We played the third way, which, uh, as I've read from the forums and stuff, is the more, quote, advanced version. But I thought just reading through them all after the first play, they all had their merits to them. And I think they'd all be interesting in their own sort of way. Combat when you're fighting a monster this had some randomness but it's it's highly mitigated with picking up various things for each sword you pick up you get to roll a d6 so that increases the the fight ability each herb you have can add to that fight power so you're trying to fight these monsters collect points it's it's got a lot of it's it's just one big mismatch of of mechanics and and ideas but it it worked really smoothly extremely streamlined as i mentioned there's two things you do on your turn and then it passes great great family weight game in my opinion adventureland is it's such a weird combination of stuff because it feels like a euro game while you're playing it it feels like a kramer kiesling euro style elements with like very straightforward cut and dry movement gathering resources there is some dice rolling, but it's, I mean, largely deterministic combat. I mean, you pretty much know when you're going to win and when you're going to lose. Um, but it also does have this weird adventuring element, kind of like a runebound or something like that. That's the most comparable thing that I've recently played, where you are technically moving your guys across the map, you know, this big adventuring map, and you're gathering things in that sense. And you are rolling some dice for combat. So it's weird. It It blends it well. I buck the notion that this is a family game a little bit, only because we played that third scenario. The third scenario is supposed to be the advanced one, but I, I thought it was tough and thinky, and I don't know where they gauge family, but I don't know that I'd see terribly young children tackling that that um, third scenario with ease, you know? Because we even, maybe it was just because we were learning, but we had, I mean, we had some trouble kind of doing what we wanted to do and making sure that we were mindful of where our people ended up. So I don't know what the other two scenarios, how exactly they play. I know what their end goal is. So, you know, I think that it is a good lightweight Euro game and would easily be approachable by families. But I wonder, you know, how much are you fully engaged? How, how much can you fully grok the strategic value of some of your, your decisions, the younger you get? So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not very bright though. There's probably some some savvy little kids out there. Um, so yeah, I liked Adventureland. I'm looking forward to playing the other scenarios. I'll be interested to see how much staying power it has once we've played all three. You know, I'm sure we'll pick a favorite, maybe play it a couple more times. But, you know, I don't know. Since it is objective-based like that, longevity is a question, you know. It's not going to be that much different round to round. But I guess the variability in the card draw and what comes out when would, would play its part. I've been looking up bad board game names for the past couple of minutes. There's surprisingly <laughs> not 
a geek list for there there are two geek lists for worst board game names, but I'm surprised that there aren't worse ones out there. I'm like, I'm gonna prove Dan wrong. There are other ones worse than Adventureland. But there aren't that many. What is one that is worse than Adventureland? Cape Horn. Cape Horn. So you went- that's that's you say that too fast and it gets yeah, really weird. Yeah. Or uh, Bollocks apparently is the name of a game somewhere. Bollocks is great. Is it? <laughs> no, you not pl- the game, but the it? name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Some people are into Bollocks. That's fine. Um, that's like saying, oh, balls. Right. You know, I'm not a big fan of like La Isla. I think that's Whatever. a crappy name. Fast Flowing Forest Fellers is on the... On both lists. It's the only one that I can find that's on both. <laughs> anyway. Are these adult movies or board games? <laughs> They're they, board games. <laughs> <laughs> they do sound a little I'm PG-13. I'm surprised that there aren't more terrible, terrible names. Like Hoity Toity is on here. But I think that's kind of a good name. I don't know. It's subjective. I don't like that name. All right, so that is what we've been playing. Plenty of other games to chat about. We will do that another time. Let's go ahead and chat about our top of the stack. This is just going to be an episode full of success, friends. We have done a great job in February. Dan, I will kick it off with you. How did February go, and what is on tap? Boom, for finished. March? I did it. He finally. did. And they were all we're so proud pretty hefty games, too, which I was proud of. And all first plays. So... Uh, my top of the stack for February was Iki and Mombasa and Carson City. And I got all three of them done. Only played each of them once. But again, they were all first plays, all with new players. And it was it was good. I liked each and every one of them. If I had to rank them, I'd go probably Mombasa first. And then the other two are tied right now. Did you like Iki more than you thought you would after Tiff's description? I thought I would like it more even after she described it. Because the way she described it, it sounded awesome. (laughs) Bam. Oh, yeah. The old Lords of Waterdeep. No Lords of Waterdeep whatsoever in it. Yes, it did. There's plenty of games where you put buildings out. Okay, name a few. Uh, Put your money where your buildings are. Okay. All right, Moving I'll give on. you that small part, but everything else was way better than Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> I, I don't know about all that. I would say so. Yeah, so for this month, I'm going to, I'm going with four. I'm going to stretch myself this month, but I think I can do it. I'm going to do Arcadia Quest, which was newly acquired from my BFF, Tiff, who's on this podcast. Say hi, <laughs> Tiff. Hello. There she is. Hansa Teutonica, which my brother friend over there got me for Christmas. Say hello, Matt. He's also on this podcast. Oh, hey. Takedo, the collector's edition. I just kind of want to touch it. I don't know if I'll necessarily play it, but I want to look at it. So so three to play and one to touch. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll do that. And I want to touch mine, too. When is that going to happen, Dan? When are you going to go to the If you're just now joining us, we're talking about Takedo. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hey, now. Oh, boy. Sorry. Yours is coming soon, Tiff. Uh, Whatever, Eventually. 
<laughs> he's gonna dip all the minis i'll in. see it at origins he's gonna dip all the minis in nail polish remover first and send it on your way no it's oh it's God. in the box it's ready to go i just have to go to the post office i'm just hassling you he I accidentally know. dropped it and a bunch of things broke and he's too scared to send it to you it's like an after school special if that happens you keep the broken one right that's how that works i did not drop it i didn't even take <laughs> yours out of the box to be honest with you you're looking a little shifty eyed i'm nervous now and then the last one is a is a quick little filler i actually picked this up at a flea market for 10 bucks this is a metro it's a game about building subway lines it has a bit of a Suro feel to it with um a bit more of an advanced kind of gameplay slash scoring method so looking forward to trying that out that should be a quick one but those are my four going with four see you you complete one month fully and you get cocky that's what's happening here. That is what's happening here because I also chose four. But we'll get there. Tiff, how was your top of the stack for February? I completed mine as well. You're a champion. We need, uh, we need music. <laughs> I'm sure we could put something similar to We Are the Champions. I'll see what <laughs> I can ins- find. Insert that <laughs> here. Um, I had Flock, Iki, and Digmars. So I played all of those. I played Digmars twice. It's okay. <laughs> um, Flock, I'll probably trade. It was okay. And Iki, I'm keeping. I like it a lot. But I need it to is play a little. This. Yeah, it's good. I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. It's a good game. Cool. And I, I dig the historical business going on with that game. So, yeah. And then for next month, I only chose three because I'm wise. Yes. I'm, I'm older and wiser. So. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not even certain that I can get all three of these done. But I want to play Legends of the American Frontier really badly. The problem is is that I absolutely have to have three to play it, which probably means I should have four. So it's got to be like a full game night, game day, and it's concert season, so that's unlikely to happen. But we'll try. And then I put Bloody in. Because I still haven't played that, and I bought it at BGGCon, so it's probably time to get it out of the shrink. And also King of Frontier, which I also bought at BGGCon, and is it's a Japanese game. You're looking all puzzled. Well, you have you have Legends of the Frontier, and you have King of the Frontier. No, it's not King of the Frontier. It's King of Frontier. Well, just because they stereotypically <laughs> dropped a word out of a Japanese <laughs> translation. I'm just saying, I don't want people to get confused. Um, so, so you're yeah, playing two games about frontiers. I'm really into the frontier right now, guys. <laughs> I've, I watched Deadwood, and then right after that, I watched Hell on Wheels. So I'm like kind of in my pioneer like thing right now. So yeah, a lot of frontier going on. King of Frontier is supposed to be like what is it? Puerto Rico and Carcassonne mixed together. Interesting. Is this a new game? Uh, I don't think it's that new. It's not super new. Okay. But. I wasn't sure. I never heard of it. So those are the three I'm hoping to play, maybe, possibly. All right. Well, my February went well. I got all three of mine done. We all completed our top of the stack for the first time ever. And I, I don't know. I felt good about it. I completed mine on the 8th of February, actually. I got mine done really early, too. Why do you think that we all, like, it's kind of weird that we all completed a top of the stack for, that's just weird. I have no idea. I, so I had Exodus Proxima Centauri, a 4X style game that I've had for a very long time. 
Among the Stars Revival, which is the two-player expansion to the card-drafting game Among the Stars. And I had Battle Line, which is a two-player Knizia game about making sets of things. I just put Exodus Proxima Centauri out on the table and said, Kel, this will not leave here until we play it. So we played it. <laughs> and it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. it. I think it needs the expansion, which I have because I backed it. It's very kind of bland at the base level, but uh, I thought it was good. And that was the one I was most worried about because I'm trying to get all these games played that, that are in my unplayed stack. And that one was, was daunting, but I did it. Uh, so I am young and foolish, though. So looking at my March, I also put four games. My original three, I put Rune Wars, which is going to be my big, big game. Try to get Rune Wars played this month. Another one that's on my unplayed stack that I really want to play. Although I fell asleep reading the rules last night, I couldn't even get through the setup. A Few Acres of Snow, which is a game that I've had for two, almost two years, and I've just never read the rules. Uh, ben got it for me for Christmas one year, so I want to try that out, two-player game. Uh, Puerto Rico I got. Uh, I got that in a trade, and that's a three-player only game, so that's the trouble there is just trying to get three players, but I should be able to do that. And then I decided to throw on Epic just to see if it's as bad as everyone says. So I'm just going to crank that out one night. I'm just going to make someone play that. But I have a feeling I'm not going to like it. So we'll see. It won't take long for you to hate it. Yeah, I have a feeling. But so those are my four games. We'll see how they go. I like this new rule that somebody suggested. Was this Dan or Tiff? Me. Not me. Dan. All right. So the new rule is Twitter picks or it didn't happen. Wait, 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 wait. Here's my problem with this rule. It's not because I cheat. It's because that the people I play with don't like me to take pictures when we're playing. They find it distracting. Because oh, they're not all board just, game journalists. Just one picture. They Wah. get pissed one off. One picture. Tell them it's your top I'm of the stack. not even... Uh, you don't even know what kind of whining I have to put up with. You don't. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I like this rule. Although my phone dies a lot, so it might not be good. Well, let's make a new rule that you can't complete your top of the stack if every game is played two players with the person who's forced to live with you. She, I don't know if she's forced to live with me. <laughs> she's in it to win it now. Uh, don't be jealous because I have a second player. <laughs> just because I'm going to play two-player Rune Wars next month. That's I'm what just... I'm saying. You've got all your games done. Two players. It just seems like it, the easy way out. I make wise decisions. <laughs> Sorry. I don't buy games that I can't play. Hmm. I, I play my games. I'm playing them. You're just trying. Slowly. Well, Pixar didn't happen. Hmm. Well, Dan, do you vote? We're going to have a democratic process. I vote I yay. don't think this is fair. You took pictures of Flock and Iki. So I did. I know people you take pictures. I didn't see Dig I do. Mars, though. I know. I played it with my board game club, and... Well, they don't mind. Right. It's fine. I just don't always think to take a picture. So Dig because, Mars didn't actually happen. To, no, it did. And it, <laughs> it happened wasn't twice. <laughs> it was fine. But, oh, I'm upset by this rule. I don't like it. Well, democratic process here Because I'm podcast. about the game. It's not about the pictures, guys. It's about enjoying the experience with the people across the table. It's We're all about pictures. trust but verify over here, though. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to be grouped in with Dan. I just like making rules. <laughs> I think it's fun to complicate things. <laughs> <laughs> Dan apparently doesn't trust us. 
You think I'm cheating on my top of the stack? I took pictures of two out of three. I didn't see anything happen on Mars. Any digging. Tiff is just going to set up the games I'll and take show pictures you of the them randomly. Un- yeah, I can take pictures of games all day long, but... <laughs> all right. All right, well, fine. We'll see how Twitter pics didn't happen, so I guess. So you can check us out. Uh, wait till the end of the show for our Twitter handles. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to do Failed and Flipped and our New Year's resolution check-in. Join us for that. Welcome back, everybody. It is time for our next segment. It is Failed and Flipped. This is a segment where we chat about the games that we have traded away because they just don't belong in the collection anymore. And for once, all three of us have done some trading. Even me, a man who loves all of his games. Uh, But we're going to start out with Tiff because she's on a spree. So what has been going on with you? I made two trades. I don't know if that's a spree, that's but good. yeah, I I, I kind of just pick a day like once a month to just like propose a bunch of trades to people yeah. and hopefully that works out. So I traded Cash and Guns for Gold West. Cash and Guns is fine. I actually like Cash and Guns, but my, my current board game club situ or not even board game club, but the people I board game with aren't as like social gamer people people as they used to be and we have less people so cash and guns really wasn't getting played so and i kind of like gold west it's growing on me i've played it a couple of times now so um i traded for that and then i also got rid of lords of zidit and got seven wonders expansions for that which expansions did you get i don't remember leaders and cities oh the old expansions yeah i didn't get the new one but I've been looking to get those expansions for a while, and Lords of Zidit has just been sitting on the shelf pretty much since I bought it. Even my gamery gamery friends don't seem interested in playing it at all. Maybe that's because of its association with seasons, and seasons didn't go over well. So seasons they're like, is this terrible. Lo- this looks like seasons, so I'm not going to play it. I don't know, but no one seems interested in playing it. I tried to get it out a couple of times, and it's just not happening, and so I got rid of it. Lords of Zidit is one that our group actually likes. I'm not a big fan of it. I'll play it. I'm not very good at it. I just don't... I don't do program movement. Because you guys seem to like it. Yeah, it's it's really not a bad game. I just... It's one of those that I... I mean, it's a bad game for me, because I don't <laughs> like it, and I'm terrible right. at it. But, I, I mean, I think, Dan, you'd probably agree that it's a good one. Yeah, I find it pretty good. I traded mine as like well, it. but that's only because me has it, and I didn't need it. So Yeah, yeah. My new trade criteria is just kind of, if it's not, if no one wants to play it with me, I'm kind of starting to get rid of those. Yeah, that's what I did. I just, I took out all my games and I made my, you know, it's part of my New Year's resolution was to trade away the games that I'm not playing. And I looked and some of the games I still like, but nobody else wants to play with me and I can't play them by myself, obviously. So, you know, I double checked with Kel, my uh, forced player too. She has no choice. (laughs) And I said, you know, do you like these games? She is trapped. She can't get out. I, I barred the door with board games <laughs> i said if you play all these with me you can leave so uh rune wars will get played <laughs> uh yeah so i i just i like some of these games but they're just not getting played and uh one of those that i traded away was mythotopia which turns out had more trade power than i realized it's not a very expensive game and it's widely available but it's a martin wallace title i only played it once with kel 
It's area control and a little bit of deck building. I did not like the deck building in it. I just didn't feel like it was really strong and gave you enough options. Although the draft, some of the drafting was cool. It just didn't sit right. It wasn't a home run. And what I traded for was Samurai. And this is an awesome Canizia game. I went with my trade list. I, for whatever reason, was just feeling classic Euro games. And I was like, let's just identify the best classic Euro games and try to get a hold of one of those. Uh, Some of those, actually. And Samurai was one of them. I really like this game. I've played it several times with three or four different opponents, you know, a mix of them each time. And it's been great at two. It's been great at three. I haven't gotten to play it at four yet, but I would like to try it. And uh, I'm really happy with the trade because I've already played it five or six times and I played Mythotopia once. So, and it's the old version of Samurai, which isn't as fancy in terms of plastic bits like the new FFG version, but it's got that really old kabuki, like old Japanese style. And I, I dig that more so than the new kind of like hyper stylized uh, terracotta army style kind of thing. So I thought that was cool. I know that's not Japanese, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was one of my trades. I've got another one, but I'll, I'll save it for another segment. You know, it's a good one. Dan, you are a resident trader and seller and your list seems to support that. What have you been up to? Uh, lately, I've been selling more than I've traded, but I did do two trades in the last month. Um, I traded my copy of CV to one of our listeners. What's up, Carl? Uh, for Lord of the Rings, the old Kinesia co-op game. It's one I've been wanting to try. It's a co-op game with more math involved, which is probably what rings true to me. More <laughs> Just so like than Tolkien wanted. What's up? Just like Tolkien wanted. Oh yeah, more math. Yep, more math. <laughs> You have to calculate the precise number of steps to get to Mordor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I played it and it's, it's pretty, I played CV before I traded it and it was, it was good, but a little too light for, for what I think our group would enjoy. Unless you kind of got into the storytelling element, which was kind of funny to kind of see how your character developed, et cetera. But uh, good game, but just not one I saw got getting played. Lord of the Rings I've played once and I, I had, I had a pretty good time with it. It was tough. It was really tough, actually. So, yeah. And the second trade I did was uh, I traded my enchanted version of Fantastica, which was really tough for me because I don't like deck builders, but I really took to that one. It's kind of quirky. It's got an actual board element to it that you're traversing and fighting monsters. And it's got quirky art um, based off of some kind of classic paintings. And uh, I really like that game, but it wasn't getting played. So I traded it for Nations plus all of the promos for Nations. So pretty fair deal, I think. And I'm I'm looking forward to trying Nations. I haven't tried it yet. It was a bit beat up, but just the box. Everything else in the game was in Plano and really well kept. So the box just had some wear, but no big deal. Um, On the selling side, I sold it ton recently actually within the last week um i sold my orleans deluxe uh, not because i don't like the game but because i think i'd rather just have base orleans the the deluxe version is nice but i don't need it and i i, I sold it for a pretty penny so it'll more than enough to get me the base game and the little upgrade kit um for the meeples so i'm gonna do that i also sold Uh, Two other games based on the fact that they're being reprinted and my OCD wants the reprint 
with it, the upgrades. Um, the first one is Trois, one that I've had for almost two years and never got to play. So I sold that um, with the anticipation of getting the new version when it comes out. And same goes for Brew Crafters, another one that I really like, and I've played a couple times, but there was a couple of things they're changing on the board. Very minor, but it's those thing, those little things that drive the OCD in me crazy. So I want the new version with the corrections. So I sold that as well. I have a trade-related question. Can I ask it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... This might apply more to Dan because he trades more, but do you have, like, games that you really want to trade for that you just can't work out a trade? It's, like, cursed. I have a couple yes. of games like that, that every time I propose a trade, something goes wrong. And if so, what game is it? Well, I've gotten to the point now where a lot of the things on my hunting list are out of print, so it's becoming more about what the other people value it at. And a lot of times it's, it's a bit skewed because of the, the geek place market. You know, for instance, I'm looking for Macau, like hardcore. I really want that for my Feld collection. I really enjoy that game, but it's out of print and a new version on BGG. There's only like four for sale. And the one English version is $99. So anytime yeah. you go to trade something, a lot of times those people will reference, Oh, this is $99. So I value it at $99, you know, and then I have to come up with $99 in trade value, which a lot of times I can't do because a lot of times I only match up on one or two games. Right. So it's, it's really tough. A lot of cases, that's what I'm finding. Do you, is there a search functionality on BGG that allows you to look for anybody who is trading said game? Like yes. if I there yeah. is that not that has a match that matches one of your games. Just I want to know what people even want because there's some games that aren't on my trade list that maybe maybe I'd be willing to trade for a certain game. Yeah, if you go down on the listing, there's a link to users trading that you can use uh, yeah okay. but you'll have to go into their individual trade lists there's no way to search on a game i don't I think you. if there is someone let me know because that would help a lot because that's yeah i think that that's one of the things that i'd like but yeah the more the more out of print games i'm looking for the harder i'm finding it to get more trades that's why i've kind of slowed down in the last few months because you can search by game if you go if you go to like whatever game you're looking for and scroll down and you just click on users trading, it will give you a list of all the users that are trading that okay. game. Yeah, but so it does in the game menu. Yeah, but to see what they want, you have oh. to go into go to right. their trade list. list. Well, yeah. you can there's a link there's one right next to it that says find trade matches for that game. Yep. In particular. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's just like doing a search in the trade mm -hmm. um, piece of it. There, the games that I'm looking for, uh, I mean, I'm not looking for anything fancy, anything out of print, but there's some games that either Dan has in his collection that I would like to just have a copy but don't really want to buy, or yeah. some other games that I'd like to play. And see, that's that's funny, because I'm actually, anytime you guys start getting games that I have, I'm like, why? And then I trade them. So. <laughs> well, because you, I mean, ha most of your collection is an hour and so away from me, so... If I want to play a game on a random Thursday night with Kel, you know, I, I don't have access to it. So, or a game like Five Tribes, which Dan wants nothing to do with, but I don't really want to pay 60 bucks for, but I would trade a game or two away for it, you know? So that's kind of the, the position that I'm in is I'm just looking for like random games that are floating around or are relatively new, but I just don't want to pay full price for. I'd rather just get rid of 
some games to to minimize the clutter. So those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for. What about you, Tiff? Are you hunting anything big? No, I'm not. Like there, I what I do for trades usually is any like random game that I'm curious about. I'll put on my list. Like I'm curious about this Oregon game. It's out of print, but like it's on my whole like frontier business. I was about to say, yeah, you are really on a kick. <laughs> I I get into little theme things. Like for a while there, it was Civ building games, and mm-hmm. I got a whole bunch of those in a row. And now I'm on like Wild West frontier stuff. So. I really want this game, and I just, every time I make a proposal, it either gets shot down or something goes wrong, and it's out of print, but, like, it's kind of cheap, but I just can't make myself buy it. So, like, it's not super expensive. I can afford to buy a copy of it. I just, I want to trade for it. Someone, please. (laughs) But, anyway, I just don't match up with the people that I'm trying to trade with i got like you the things i'm trying to get rid of suck real bad apparently yeah yeah <laughs> or i forget to sort and i'm like oh perfect match and like wait australia oh man <laughs> not worth it so yeah. anywho so that is what's going on with us and failed and flipped uh feel free to head on over to the guild and tell us what you're trading or what you've traded away we'd love to hear about it uh we are going to move on to our last segment which is checking in on our new year's resolutions so I made it a resolution to check in on everyone, including myself. And Congratulations. I'd like, I'd like to know how everyone's doing. So Tiff, you had three resolutions. You wanted to buy fewer games, get rid of your cool mini or not stuff, and start a video series about starting a board game club. How's it going here now that we are in March? I'm doing two of the three. Yeah. I, I haven't bought many games this year at all. Like I think I bought Flock. That's it. Bummer. So, I bought Flock. Yay. <laughs> and, um, you know, it might be an okay game, but that score track is a deal breaker. Yeah. So, yeah, and so I've not bought a whole lot of games, and I started the Ask an Ept Gamer series, which is my series about starting a board game club, so check those off. Uh, the Clue Mini or Not stuff is probably going to have to wait till summer, because I, I guess I just have to sit down and inventory it, so... Yeah people will try to buy it. I don't even I don't even know if I have it on my for trade or for sale list because I don't know. I've got so much stuff. And I'm not really sure what the best way to sell it is. Like should I list all the individual promos? Should I just put it together? I just kind of want to sell it all together as one mass package. Yeah. But I don't know. You need to put up a BGG auction for cool mini or not grab bags where you just send <laughs> random boxes. Of no things. one would do that. No It'd one be hilarious, that. though. Yeah, I'm more in it for the money. Be like, oh, I got an Arcadia Quest promo and this pack of zombie <laughs> tiles. Great. <laughs> it's really all the zombie side stuff yeah. that I really want to get rid of. So we'll see. I'm keeping Rivet Wars, strangely enough. Are you? I'm really attached to that game. I don't know why. I wanted it so bad, and I think I'm okay not having it. But every time I see it, I'm like, that's really cool. You know why I think I'm okay with it? I don't think they're going to make more of it. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't want them to. I don't think it did very well. It didn't, but it's fine. I like it, so that's all that counts. You can customize the little people inside the tanks. Yes. That's cool. All right. So, yeah, I'm doing all right on mine. Yeah, no, that's good. It's only March. You're already two out of three. So, Dan, you also wanted to stop buying so many games. You wanted at least one game ready for Unpub. 
and you wanted to, we bullied you into quantifying and you said you would play board games once a month. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have played board games every month since January. (laughs) Since January. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You didn't say I had to quantify it. Can I make one of my New Year's resolutions? I'm going to podcast once a month. Hey, you you want to make these things measurable and manageable. So, yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Checking the boxes is what keeps you going. Gotcha. So, yeah, stop buying so many games. I've, I've only bought five games this year, and two of them were at a convention flea market for a combined $22. That was Mystery of the Abbey and Metro. So both of those I got for $13 and $10 respectively. That equals $23. I'm still winning in the not buying games department. Maybe it was $12 I got Mystery of the Abbey for. One of the two. It was cheap. Um, so Still bought it. What's up? I said you still bought it. Yeah, that's fine. And I played it the same day, Tiff. Have you done that before? Whoa. <laughs> Hmm. No, I was sick when you were at PressCon. Remember? Oh. I was dying in bed. That's I okay. <laughs> you can make that. fun of sick people. You yeah, never well, told me that. You would have known that if you had checked in on me. Okay. I will make resolution number four <laughs> ask about Tiff's health once a week. Once a week. <laughs> Tiff, um, how's your health? So, I'm for me, five now. games Suffering. is pretty good. So Yeah. No, that's good. We've gotten a lot more like review copies, but yeah. And then at least one game ready for Unpub. Ask ask me again next month. Um, I did have to submit the description of the one game I hope to have at Unpub today. So we will see if it comes to fruition. <laughs> he wrote game with cards and pieces. <laughs> I almost did, actually. I must just put a board game dot. Oh, welcome. <laughs> welcome to my table. This is a board game. You're yeah. at the right place. Hey, some people hey, will be like, cool. cool. There's yeah. a game called The Game. I'm sure you can well, get away with it. This is true. The board game isn't taken yet, and it'd actually be easier to search for. Speaking of bad titles. Oh, man. Uh, well, cool. So you're doing two out of three as well here in March. We need to make new resolutions. We're going to need a six-month update. Okay. Or, or not. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing okay on my resolutions, too. I wanted to trade games. I wanted to propose trades once a month. I have traded a ton of games. I am down to only like six, seven in my trade stack, uh, and I'm still making trades. I wanted to play my unplayed games. I have been doing really well with this, although the trading works against that because now I have a bunch of unplayed games. Uh, but I'm having fun trying new things, and I've still get gotten to play... Some things over again, but it's giving me new things to focus on, which is cool. I wanted to do a Pong live show. Bam. Did it. Go check out YouTube. I wanted to do a cross-podcast collaboration. Bam. Did it. Go check out Botch Games. And I wanted to make a resolution segment on the podcast. Bam. I did it. Look at me go. All of your resolutions have exclamation points in the show notes. Yep. I was so excited as I typed them because I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All five of them. Now my goals will be to continue. I well, I, it feels good to make manageable goals and then achieve them. We're all very proud. I don't know that you care or Dan cares, but you're at least pretending. So I thank you. I'm kind of pretending. <laughs> 
So we're doing it. I think that it's valuable to check in on our New Year's resolutions, and we're doing some cool stuff. And uh, maybe we should check in with everyone else, too, over at the Guild, number 2077. But with that, I think we've reached the end of our episode, unless there's anything else we have to say to our fine listeners. No. Cool. So we thank you for joining us for episode 40. We remind you briefly, if you'd like to vote for us for best podcast over on BGG, we would appreciate it. The Golden Geeks are up. I will not say the word nom again. Uh, And if you want to reach out to us on the internet, you can do so by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers on Facebook. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can join us on BGG Guild number 2077. Get yourself a tiny Meeple Shield micro badge. Join us on Instagram or feel free to use hashtag nonsensicalgamers. We got all kinds of photos over there. Uh, and if you don't mind, iTunes reviews, Hearts on BGL. These are great ways to get our show noticed so that we can improve the content for you. And our Twitter handles. This is the best place to find us over on Twitter. Tiff, if they want to chat with you, they can do so. How? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at ineptgamer. And Dan, if they want to chat with you. At League Nonsense for the League's account or at scandalous underscore nad from a personal account. Excellent. And I am at cinnamon buns spelled phonetically. Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next week for some news. Say goodbye. Toodles. Bye. Bye.